My friends, this is the word of God given to us as the children of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? God, our creator, you saw everything, and you called it good. You called us good. May we lean into your call upon our lives to care for the goodness that you have created this day and every day. Amen. Transformational, isn't it? To hear a familiar story, familiar words, in an unfamiliar way. To ride the waves of a crescendo and decrescendos through the ocean of narrative. To hear God's own heart repeated over and over again. God saw that it was good, very good, in fact. The word used in the Hebrew scriptures that we read as good is tov. And if you look at the range of meanings for this word, you quickly find that the rendering of tov as good doesn't quite capture the fullness of this word. To interpret it more appropriately, the goodness of creation, tov, indicates a holistic wholeness. Creation wasn't simply good. Creation was whole, complete, healthy, vibrant, and thriving. Creation's goodness in God's eyes rested on its holistic wholeness. So what happened? What happened? One look at the news today on climate change tells us that our planet is far from this holistic goodness and wholeness that God declared at the very beginning. In fact, just last month, scientists shared in an episode of PBS NewsHour that within a decade, the Earth will reach a tipping point in global warming that will cause irreversible damage. Catherine Hayhoe, a climate scientist from Texas Tech University and the Nature Conservancy, shared, the warmer the world gets, the more it endangers our food supply, our water supply, the safety of our homes, our own health, our economy and supply chains, the natural environment, every aspect of life on earth, including every aspect of life on earth, including our own life on earth, is at risk the warmer this planet gets. So what happened? How did we stray so far from the tov, the wholeness and the goodness of creation? To help answer this question, I believe this morning we need to go back to the beginning. Well, almost the beginning. The sixth day, to be exact. God had just created humans in God's image and breathed the breath of life into them. Here were the very first words spoken to humans by God, our creator. Take a look. 
God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seeds that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with its seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. We were given two assignments. It seems that we have understood the first one, maybe a little too well, be fruitful and multiply. But the second one, I think we may have missed the mark. We misunderstood the assignment. You see, I think over the course of history, we have misinterpreted the words have dominion and thought that our relationship with creation was something that we could dominate, that we had ownership over creation, that we can hold our God-given power as means of exploitation to serve our rapidly growing needs. We see this word dominion, and we almost reel back at the mere sound, because we, on this side of history, equate dominion with an abuse of power as a means of exploitation or domination. We, on this side of history, have seen the worst. So maybe we have missed the mark because we've misinterpreted the nature of the assignment, the intended nature of our relationship to this gift of creation God has given to us. Maybe this morning we need a new verb to help us reconceptualize God's mandate to us regarding this sacred charge. Over the last several weeks, I have had the absolute honor of presiding over several funeral services for friends and members of our community, our congregation here at Trinity. So this aspect of leadership has been at the forefront of my mind over the last several weeks as I've wrestled with what to share this morning. Presiding over a funeral is so much more than simply walking through the service that we have outlined in this fancy book of worship they give to us at seminary. Part of this work of presiding is setting aside time to meet with the family, to spend time with them, to invite the family into a collaborative space where the service is not mine, not theirs, but a work of love created together. Sometimes this means that the service will look a little different than what is outlined. It means that we will play a song through the speakers of the worship space that would never be found in a worship hymnal ever. 
It might mean including a poem that wouldn't necessarily be related to Scripture, but is holy anyway. In doing so, in creating this service together, it becomes a shared work of love that truly honors their loved ones and tells the gospel through their lived witness. In these moments, I, the person who is presiding over the service, invites others to preside alongside me, to do this work with me. So I wonder if this might be a better way to describe our relationship to creation. What might it look like for us to preside over and with creation rather than have dominion over it? Could this creative collaboration give us a pathway back toward the wholeness that God declared so long ago? This new way of conceptualizing our relationship with creation rests on a belief that it is a reciprocal relationship, whereby creation speaks and communicates to us and with us, and we listen and listen well in return. Now, for those of you who have pets, we understand this. Our dogs bark at the front door or touch their noses to their leash, and you know that dog has to go out. If you have a cat, you know that cats give you the most sarcastic look they can muster by simply looking at you, right? But y'all, I confess that I cannot tell you the last time my aloe plant barked at me or meowed at me to remind me to give it water. And that's probably why this plant doesn't look so healthy anymore. Scripture is full of examples of ways created things are in communication with us. There's Balaam's talking donkey in Numbers who got so fed up with his human's ignorance that he literally spoke actual words to get Balaam's attention. There's a proverb calling us to pay attention to the ant and the ant's wisdom in gathering up and storing food for the winter. Then, There's this passage from Job chapter 12. He's responding to a friend who had well-intentioned but unhelpful comments about Job's misfortunes. But ask the animals, and they will teach you. The birds of the air, and they will tell you. Ask the plants of the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In God's hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of every human being. According to Job, we have something to learn from creation about who God is 
And creation is ready and able to teach us, to communicate with us, to share with us. Take a look at this image before you, a beautiful photo taken by our friend Sue Tennant. It's a moment in time right here on our campus. What does this image of creation communicate to us? What might we learn and remember through this moment? When I look at this rainbow, or any rainbow, I'm reminded of God's words to Noah, a promise to never flood the earth again. And in this rainbow, I remember all of God's promises throughout time, God's promises to me. All of this spoken to me through this moment of creation. Creation is trying to tell us something, to communicate something to us about the needs of creation, as Balaam's donkey did, to teach us something about ourselves, as the ants in Proverbs do, to connect us back to the Creator. If we are presiding with creation, working toward this tove-like wholeness, we need to be listening. But how do we listen and listen well to the voice of creation, to the witness that creation is shouting to us? In the chaos of this world, how do we dial in to what this message might be. I can't help but think of the life of Christ, the one whom we believe and know to be presiding over us at the right hand of God. But before he was presiding over us there, Christ was presiding with us here. Christ chose to take on flesh, to dwell among us, to listen to us. Christ our Lord abided with us. In Jesus' final words to his disciples in John 15, he says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower, Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Christ gave us a prime example of what it looks like to preside with. We cannot preside without first abiding, spending time in creation, breathing in the fresh air, listening to the birds chirp and the leaves rustle in the breeze. It's 
Or looking at scenes like this, a beautiful sunset with brilliant colors. It's a humbling experience. When you take a moment to pause and remember that everywhere that you stand in creation, you are standing on holy ground. I believe there's a reason why the moment that I step foot onto the sand of a beach that I can breathe easier or when my toes touch the cool water that I feel more connected to myself and to God the creator than anywhere else in the world. I believe there's a reason why we seek nature when we need to think or breathe or simply take a moment to ourselves. Maybe this is where listening begins, by simply being present and being open to what it is that creation is speaking to us, that God is speaking to us through creation. Abiding and listening are two sides of the very same coin of presiding. And then, when the listening moment is done, we are called to act, to preside over creation, caring enough about what we are learning to do something about it. Presiding over creation could look like different things for many different people. It might look like, or presiding might look like, remembering to bring your reusable grocery shopping bags back into Publix with you from your car so that you're not having to use the plastic bags that they offer to you at the checkout line. It might look like stopping by the tables as you exit to the worship center today and learning about energy audits and solar options for energy. It might look like carrying in with you on your person reusable utensils when you go to restaurants or get a quick meal and you need a utensil for. Or it might look like drinking from a reusable water bottle. It might be pulling invasive plant species or picking up trash in our local waterways. Whatever this looks like for you, my friends, we are called to do this work, to abide and to preside over this gift that God has given to us. And it is indeed a gift. Thanks be to God for this opportunity. Amen.